And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, we dive into the principle of what being a deist is. We define it. We describe the suppositions that a deist holds. And then we expose the lie that some of America's greatest leaders or servants were deists. Any false history made up by the liberal fringe is bupkis. That's kind of sad. So we need to hold on to the truth biblically and historically. Next, the biggest issue that needs to be addressed is the actual location of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Is he on Pluto or is he in your bedroom? Here's a huge key. The answer is both. A God who is omnipresent is everywhere and everywhere all at the same time. That's the truth. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not, Proverbs 23, 23. And finally, the question could arise, wondering where the philosophy comes from for a person to be a deist. The first place is that it comes from being unlearned and unstable, pretty much like everyone on cable news or on that morning show, The View, or whatever that thing is. Secondly, it comes from a lack of trust in an awesome God. And thirdly, it comes from the omission that if God can create the universe— the dude can write a book. Can I get an amen? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanity is an oive. So much more. Hey, hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. But when you do call 972-445-0770, you will end up talking to Captain Chris. And then you will be... I love it. Anyway, here's the bottom line. You got to remember that any topic is open for conversation because it's not professional radio. We're still trying to figure out if it's two cans and a string. We haven't figured that part out yet. You know, it's kind of a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. That little view dig was a little more Sean Hannity. <laughs> I just can't believe people watch that show. There's just sometimes you just sit there and go, Really? Really? Okay. Anyhow, if you have a thought, opinion, a comment, a question, the idea here is that this is not what we call the Kvetch Fest. This is not your place to go, I 
Can I get you some cheese with that wine? Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we're here to encourage one another, strengthen one another, bless one another. We follow Hebrews 3.13, which talks about encouraging each other daily, plus Hebrews 10.25, which talks about uh, being aware that in that encouragement, we do that as the day of the return of Jesus Christ gets closer and closer. Just that simple. Our goal is to encourage and bless one another. We just do it in a quirky and unique fashion. Not only, by the way, are we uh, wanting you to share your question, your thought, your comment, your ideas, or your prayer request, or your praise reports. And if you do have a prayer request, we'll pray for you right here on the air. Everybody in the audience will join their faith together and we'll pray about it. We also do this weird thing called Bible trivia. I do anticipate this to go pretty quick. Which of Jesus's apostles walked on the water? If I get simpler, I'm just going to start sending out crayons, okay? This is all I'm going to do. Crayons. Which of Jesus' apostles walked on the water? If you think you know the answer, let's say you're somebody that you've never called in, you can call in. Nobody's going to—we won't bite you, will we? I don't know. I haven't had lunch, though, so I don't know. Uh, 972-445-0770. Uh, that's the number, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Al writes, it starts with the... <laughs> that's so funny. All right, we do have somebody that is calling in, right? Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary. Great to hear your voice. Always, always a blessing to hear from you. All right. this is. I don't think this is a tough one, but it's important for people to recognize that there was more than one that did it. And that's kind of the big key in this. Here's the question. Which of Jesus' apostles walked on the water? Well, I believe Peter did. That is the one, my friend. You are correct, Amundo. And I, I always – I just – I know you're not supposed to, or you got to be careful with it, but I just put myself in the boat and then watching that guy stick his leg <laughs> over the side of the boat and just be thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like so weird. And yet, yet there he did it. It was like he walked on the water. Is that amazing? Yeah, it is amazing. That's, that is faith, faith that steps out. That is great, great faith. Can we, yes, can we keep praying for you? Is that going to be okay? Yes, keep praying for me. I'll keep praying for you. You got it. Absolutely, my brother. Absolutely. So thank you very much. All right. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Be praying for Gary. He's our guy. You got to pray for him. You make that commitment. You listen to this show. You're in it. You're a part of it. Be praying for him. That's what we want. He'll be praying for you. You be praying for him. That's how we do it. That's what we do. All right, let's get into this. Some of you are going to go, what are you getting into? <laughs> okay. What is a deist? You've heard that word, but you don't know what it is. It's one of those weird words. It's like, well, wait, it's even spelled funny. It's D-E-I-S-T. And this is actually called a deist bust. <laughs> there are three characteristics of a deist. Ready? They actually do believe that God created the universe. They actually believe that God created the universe. They also believe that God abandoned the earth after he created it 
and that he he left no revelation. In other words, what they believe is that God went around and was like going, yeah, I think I'm bored. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create planet Earth. Poof, there it is. Hey, you guys, make it happen. And then God went somewhere else, and that was the end. That is, in essence, what a deist believes, okay? What bad history, I'm just telling you, don't get mad at me. I didn't write this stuff, but what bad history says, and I would just say it in the nicest way possible, what uh, many liberal, don't get mad at me because I said it, many liberal people, liberal fringe people believe is that George Washington was a deist, and that's what they claim. But they are 100% incorrect. Now, how do we know that they are 100% incorrect? Because in George Washington's writing, he makes reference to the church, he makes reference to the Trinity, and he makes reference to the Bible. So anybody who makes reference to the Bible does not think there was no revelation left. Okay, so I'm just saying that. Anybody who understands the Trinity, understands the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, understands that Jesus Christ died on that cross, he became a human being, that's what we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas for, died, became one of us, and then died on the cross for us, thereby fulfilling, literally fulfilling the law as it was commanded, and by connecting humanity to God in a way that does not cause any frictions or problems through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. All those things are what George Washington believed. So what they've done is they said, well, we think he was a deist. It's like, well, I think uh, Roadrunner is uh, real. <laughs> it doesn't make him real. I'm just saying, just because you say it doesn't mean it's so. Unfortunately, in our society, you can say, I feel like a carrot today, and then you're a carrot, and everybody has to treat you like a vegetable. It's just, it's, I don't know how dumber it can get. It's not even that it's culturally right or woke or anything. It's just dumb. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking. Anyhow, getting out of that and getting back into this, the most ridiculous thing that Adias comes up with is that God abandoned and that left no revelation. Kind of like giving birth and drop kicking the child through the goalposts of life and then not caring. It's like, really? <laughs> that's that's your conclusion? Why do they think that? Well, it comes from an instability and an unwillingness to recognize that same principle we talk about on the show on a regular basis. If God created the universe, the dude can write a book. I'm not going to apologize for that. That is theology. That's actually bibliology. And the understanding of that is quite simple. If God is going to take the time to create us and take the time to save us, he's going to take the time to say something to us. Just, 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 two plus two is four, even in 2021. Okay? All right. I'm just, but I hear that's racist, so I got to be careful there. Uh, okay, you are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Gonna take a short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. 
to continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. The David Spoon Experience. So in this position, I have the opportunity to interview people and have so for the last five years from all across the range of Christianity, uh, from, from authors and from actors and musicians. We are about to have an opportunity we've never had on this show. We actually have Lee Strobel on the phone with us. It was 19 years ago, I believe, this September 1st, where his book came out, The Case for Christ. If you're Jewish like I am and then became a Christian, that was when you went, oy vey. This book was a life changer for many, and now it's a movie, Lee, are you there on the phone with us? I am, David. How you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thrilled to have you on the show. It's Thank my you. privilege. I'm just, I just got to start. I know they give you a list of questions just so you can know, Lee. I never use them. So, uh, good for you. <laughs> it's like, come on. I want to tell you, we're brothers yeah, here absolutely. in the Lord. Talk to me. First of all, you wrote this book, The Case for Christ. Let's first talk about the writing of the book, and then we'll talk about that connection to the movie. Why did you write this book? Well, I didn't start out to to do that. I mean, um, I was an atheist. My wife became a Christian. So in order to try to rescue her from this Christian cult, I uh, decided to use my journalism training and legal training and uh, disprove Christianity to um, show that the resurrection never really happened. Uh, of course, I ended up coming to the opposite conclusion and ended up coming to faith. But I, I, I did this investigation for my own edification, for my own education, not because I wanted to write a book. And then it was actually later my wife said to me, hey, you ought to write a book about that. I said, really? And she said, sure. So uh, that's how the book came about. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770. The truth station here in Texas. I do understand people feeling the frustration of some of the things we were talking about. So it's just part of it. Here's the thing. If you feel like you're ever frustrated because of things that are going on in society, imagine what Jesus felt like. Like, I made all you guys. <laughs> like, wow. How'd you turn out this way? Anyhow. <laughs> oh, yeah, sin. That's what it was. All right. So we've got our next trivia question. True or false? Jerry's daughter was... 12 years old when Jesus brought her back to life. True or false? 
Jairus' daughter was 12 years old when Jesus brought her back to life. True or false? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us. Uh, the number here, uh, the number here is 972-445-0770. Again, if you do call, nothing bad will happen that we know of. 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. The question, true or false, Jairus' daughter was 12 years old when she, when Jesus brought her back to life. Okay? Now, I'm going to say something, and then we'll do the jokes, because we still do jokes on this show. <laughs> okay. Um, I told Noel my joke yesterday about the cat that I thought did not go very well. I just told Captain Chris what she said. So I told her the whole joke. Actually, I told it to her better than I told it to you guys about the cat joke. And you know what she said to me? It's just not funny. That's <laughs> why I was listening to Lee Strobel going, my wife said you ought to write a book. He's like, really? She's like, yes. I was like, okay, I'll write a book. It was like I said to her, this is the joke. She goes, really? That's not funny. Okay, fine. <laughs> the arbiter of truth is my wife <laughs> in regards to jokes. That's pretty funny. All right, uh, again, the trivia question, true or false, Jairus' daughter was 12 years old when Jesus brought her back to life you can uh, reach out to us uh by phone by email or by text you can send a paper airplane but i don't think it'll get through the door here you go these are bloopers i can't go any more safe than this bloopers more bloopers from church bulletins ready you got your buzzer ready you better be ready on this one all right uh there you go. For those of you, this is in the bulletin. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. <laughs> That's great. Come on. Uh, here's another bulletin. Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and the community. See, that's a bulletin mistake. See, that's, that's funny. Thursday night, potluck supper, prayer and medication to follow. <laughs> Come on. Uh, all singles are invited to join us Friday at 7 p.m. for the annual Christmas sing-alone. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. We've got two more. <laughs> two more. Thursday at 5 p.m. there will be a meeting of the Little Mothers Club. Or Mother, Little Mothers Club. All wishing to become little mothers, please see the minister in his study. <laughs> wow. That's, it's a little funny. Okay. I got buzzed on that one. Uh, this afternoon, there will be a meeting in the south and north ends of the church. Children will be baptized at both ends. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then the last one, uh, coming up, Theological Open House, we discuss thought-provoking topics. Your opinions are hardly welcome. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. All right. A little bit of redemption there. We'll take it. <laughs> the trivia question, that <laughs> one was there's. There's one that was pretty funny in there. The trivia question is simply uh, true or false. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old when Jesus brought her back to life. Is that true or false? You can call in 972-445-0770 or text 214-210-8483 or send an email, org. I want to go back to this deist process. The reason this is important is to understand where people are coming from when you either talk to them or at least to know how to pray for them. A, a deist is a person who believes that God did create the universe but pff, couldn't care less and abandoned the earth and uh, has no revelation. Then they try and make it um, 
what's the word? They they try to authenticate it or they try to make it uh, you know genuine by attaching it to somebody that's not even closely connected. So that's you know the 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 authenticity process. That's a typical thing. It's actually a typical thing in sales. Make it authentic and then people like it and so on and so forth. Let me just read you a couple of passages just to make sure we are not missing the big boat here. Uh, this will be a passage out of Daniel. Most of you know it well. The same hour the judgment was fulfilled, Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow. He was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until the hair was as long as his hair was as long as eagles' feathers, and his nails were like birds' claws. After this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven. My sanity returned. I praised and worshipped the Most High and honored the one who lived forever. His rule is an everlasting rule, and his kingdom is eternal. You can't get any more clear than this guy who was the most powerful person on the planet going, God is in charge. <laughs> Everybody calm down. How do you know God is in charge? He turned him into a cow. That's all you got to know. Ephesians 1, 4, 4 and Ephesians 1, 11. Here's uh, 1, 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So the whole process is understanding that before he made the world, God had already selected us, already wanted to connect to us before we were even made. That's why these kind of things make no sense. Furthermore, here's the 111. Because we're united with Christ, we've received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and makes everything work out according to his plan. God picked you according to his plan. Did you know that? Do you have the privy knowledge that God does being um, um, omniscient? Do you know everything he does? No. But he still selects you. He said, well, there's free will. There sure is. On our side, there's free will. On God's side, he knows what's going on. That, those are two different elements altogether. You can't merge those. That's apples and oranges. That would be apples and oranges. Here's the bottom line. He chose you. He didn't just create the earth and then say, good luck. He, he created the earth and said, stick with me. I'm going to show you stuff. And what was it ultimately for but to declare Jesus Christ as Lord and to conform us into the image of Jesus? And how do we know that God is intimately involved? You mean besides texts like that say simple things like every hair, every hair on your head is counted. Besides that, which nobody bothers to count your hair follicles. I mean, come on. Romans 8, 28, we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose for them. The reason that a deist has a hard time is they don't understand that God is personal. That's a big, big deal. What did Paul say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19? My God shall supply all your needs. Not, not everyone's. Sometimes it's an our situation, our Father who art thou in heaven, and sometimes it's a my situation. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's all corporate, and it's about all of us. And sometimes it's about you and your closet and God. Going into the closet, shutting the door, so to speak, and praying and talking to God in secret where he and you commune. That's why Jesus separated himself to be alone. That's why you hear me say when I talk about devotion times, and I, and I stress this, and I make this an important issue to me, and that is people like myself— we want to spend time with the Lord, but we have so many distractions, so many things going on. The way to do devotions is to separate yourself from everything and everyone for a, some period of time that you may commune with your creator. That's what devotions is. Does it have to be 10 minutes, 30 minutes? No, 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 stop that. 
Just spend time with your creator, however that works out. And what the deist fails to do is recognize the personalization of the godhood. God chose you. Jesus died for you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. That's a lot of, that's a lot of personalization. And that's a key component. So when people get to that point, if you ever have a chance to talk to them, you can say, well, would you create something and then just kick it through the goalposts of life and forget about it? I mean, would you, is that what you would do? They'd be like, no. It's like, well, I didn't realize you were better than God. You know, it's like that's that's the kind of kind. Now, you don't want to be that mean because I, I can do that. You you shouldn't. I shouldn't say you shouldn't be that mean, but you that's the point. The point is you're trying to make it very clear. Look, he created us. He's got a message for us. If he can create the universe, he can write a book in spite of what people say. And that's an important argument to stand in. And I've mentioned this before. I was in the radio studio and somebody came in. Uh, this is in San Diego. And, and they said, you know, I want to talk to you about that because, you know, da, 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 da. And I said, well, do you believe God created the universe? And they said, yes. And they said, do you think he can possibly write a book? He goes, well, of course he can write a book. I go, do you think then if he can possibly write a book, maybe he, he, he would want to write a book and communicate with him? Well, maybe. But what about this, this, this? I said, I don't know. I said, this is what I do know. He created the universe. He can probably write a book. Probably wants to write a book. <laughs> That's all I said. I never said anything else. And he walked out. <laughs> he was pretty upset. Why? Because it's hard to refute at some point. Well, he created the universe so you can write a book. And in the book, he has something to say. You know what he says? I love you. You know what he says to those people that are hurting, that are trying to be separated from God because they don't want to have an accountability or they just don't feel they're lovable? I love you. Come hang out with me. And that's what eternity is going to be, hanging out with God. So just think of that. Isn't that cool? I love stuff like that. That's the best. All right, Jarius' daughter, the trivia question, true or false, Jarius' daughter was 12 years old when Jesus brought her back to life. The answer is true. She was 12 years old when he brought her back to life. A little secondary note, which we've talked about before, and that is the woman who had the issue of blood also had the issue of blood for 12 years. Interesting connection. We're not sure what that is. But there's probably something. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Like any person searching for answers, I, too, have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. The David Spoon Experience. And that hope that is offered to us is something that's supposed to greatly encourage us. Uh, Jesus brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, through the gospel that Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and three days later he rose again. And by faith in the testimony of God, you can live forever. That hope is offered to us. If that hope is offered to you and you have not yet accepted, acknowledged, and surrendered to it, I ask you to do so right this second. 
I don't even care if you do a fancy prayer. Just say, God, save me in Jesus' name. You will be saved. If you believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross, was buried, three days later he rose again, and you surrender your heart to Jesus Christ, turning from where you were and turning to him, you will find life right now. You might be out there thinking, there's no way it can be that easy. Wrong, but you have to receive it. You have to surrender to it. You have to acknowledge God's testimony and say yes to Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what your friends say. Doesn't matter what any other family member says. It only matters for your decision before God in regards to his testimony relating to Jesus Christ and your sins. And that's the hope that is offered to us. And we can be greatly encouraged by that. And that hope is an anchor to our soul. That anchor makes it so that even if the winds are heavy and the waves are intense, we don't get tossed and lost. That there is some stability. That there is some, there is some strength. And you can't be like these people that have no hope. They have, they're, they're, oh, all there is is this life and there's nothing else. That's why they're trying to sin their brains out because they don't think there's anything else left. But they're going to die and face God. And he's going to ask regarding his, his account that he's given in relationship to Jesus Christ. And they're going to have to answer. And if they have rejected, then they will be as they have placed themselves as people with no hope. But if you're a person that has not made that decision to say yes to Jesus Christ, make that decision right now. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our next trivia question which gospel writer records the healing of the official's son as the second miraculous sign jesus did now listen to the question okay okay listen to the question okay which gospel writer okay so you got a one out of four shot right matthew mark luke john Okay, one out of four. Which gospel writer records the healing of the official son as the second miraculous sign Jesus did? Okay, there you go. I'm going to leave it there. Give you a chance to kind of contemplate if you think you know the answer. Call 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org, or nothing else. Those are the ways to get a hold of us. I mean, even if you did smoke signals, we wouldn't see them. We're inside a building. How am I supposed to see it? If you do a billboard, I think that'd be good, but I'd only get it driving there or back. So I wouldn't see that either. Uh, All right. Which gospel writer uh, records that uh, healing as the second miracle that Jesus did? Uh, If you think you know the answer. And uh, see if we can get that right. In the meantime, I want to encourage you to go to the website, place to give, place to be blessed, a place to bless. Go to hemustincrease.org.
Website, he must increase that. Org, he must increase that. O-R-G. Email, David, at he must increase that. Org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, artichokey. You know what? Uh, there we go. Let's see if we can nail this down. Uh, I'm looking at this thing, trying to figure out what I want to do on this next. Is that, am I supposed to do that? We got to do history. That's what it is. Oh, that's why I'm tossed over. Okay, let's do the history song real fast. Let's go All right, a couple things to tell you. Today is International Tea Day. International Tea Day. Okay. As in tea, as in like iced tea, drinking tea. I drink tea every day. Right here. Right here. You know what I drink? Did I tell them what I drink? I drink chamomile. I drink chamomile when I do the show so that I don't jump through the microphone. It's probably it's all for the best. Yeah, it's all for the best. It's National Cupcake Day. Where's the cupcakes, Dave? You know, the new guy is supposed to bring the cupcakes, Cap Chris. The new guy. Okay. And then uh, it's also this. You like this one. It's uh, National Cat Herders Day. (laughs) Cat Herder. (laughs) Anyhow, here we go. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that's pretty funny. All right, uh, we might have a problem with our trivia question. It might not be the right question. Can you believe it? The book might have led me astray. We're going to have to double-check that because I think that the, the question they asked was incorrect. If anybody knows the correct answer, uh, here, I'm gonna, can I change the trivia question? No, we're going to leave it, and then I'll look it up with everybody else. Uh, 1791 on this day, United States Bill of Rights became law after being ratified by the Virginia Legislator, uh, 1863, the first U.S. armed bank robbery. Uh, listen to this. This is the, like the weirdest. A man walks into a bank in Middlesex County, Massachusetts, uh, shoots a 17-year-old, steals $5,000. The directors of the bank offered a $6,000 reward to, to capture him. But, uh, I don't think that helped. Uh, James Naismith on this day in 1891, so uh, let's see, uh, 130 years ago, introduced the first version of the sport basketball. Unfortunately, in the last year or two, uh, other people who play in the game have ruined it. And then finally, 1979, Trivial Pursuit, the game is invented by the Canadians Chris Haney and Scott Abbott. Over 15 million. Wow. 15 million games were sold in, in 1984 alone. That is just, that is enormous. I mean, that's just so, so many. All right, so um, we might have to do something on the trivia question because we're going to find out because it looks like the book might have st- steered me astray incorrectly. I will verify that in the next segment, but uh, the book says one thing. Let's not my Bible, the book that I used for trivia. Uh, in the meantime, I do want to say that we're going to carry on with uh, the question, and then if we have to make a correction, we will, because that's the kind of thing that happens. It says here, which gospel writer records the healing of the official son uh, as the second miraculous sign Jesus did? So I think we know that the first miraculous sign in this particular gospel, I think, was the wine. So therefore, what would be the gospel that talked about the wine as the first miracle, then that should help people, right? 
Is that right? Do we get a phone call? Is it a pizza? Yeah. Yes. Like, yes, it's a pizza. Sure it is. <laughs> yeah, it's waiting for you. Go get it. Okay. Bye. Anyway, okay. Uh, let's get back to the text. I want to talk to you about why this deist thing matters more than anything else. And I'm going to tell you why. And you're you're going to be like, well, I can't believe you went that direction with this. But I'm going to go this direction with it. What's the biggest problem with the deist philosophy and approach? You know what the biggest problem with the deist problem is? That they believe that God created the universe, that he abandoned the universe, and there's no revelation. You know what the biggest problem is? How many of us treat God like he operates under the deist principle? That's the problem. It's not that that stuff's true. It's not true. What is true is that God, who created the universe, invested in humanity and is invested in humanity and is invested in his church and is invested in you. But me and you and most of us treat God like he's operating under the deist principle, like he's created us and then he said hello to us and then he's abandoned us and there's no revelation from him. And the problem with that is that when we treat God like he's on Pluto, we go through this process of not not only not respecting and not honoring God, but not being thoughtful enough to, to recognize that God is intimately involved with us. Now, I know you guys don't want to hear this, but I can't change it. If God is omniscient, which means he knows everything, and he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere, he knows everything that's going on in Pluto, and he knows everything that's going on in your bedroom, period. He knows everything that's going on in your mind in your bedroom. And the reason I bring that up is for you to get a better handle and for me to get a better handle on God is intimately involved in all of our processes, period. And what we need to do better is to stop treating God like he's a deist principle that creates, abandons, and then says good luck. Now, the truth is supposed to set us free. The word truth is aletheia. You will know the truth, aletheia, and the truth will set you free. And the truth is, is that God loves you personally. That doesn't mean you don't go through trials. It doesn't mean you don't go through hardships. It doesn't mean you don't go through wins. It doesn't mean you don't go through financial difficulties. It doesn't mean you don't go through physical difficulties. Want to talk to me about my knee? I'll talk to you about it anytime you want to, right? But here's the bottom line. God is intimately connected to everything in our lives. He, he knows when it's good for us. He knows when it's bad for us. He knows when we're happy. He knows when we're sad. No, he's not Santa Claus. Get in line. Help me with you and you with me. Get in line to stop treating God like he's operating in this deist principle, like he created us. He saved us, and then he hit the road. It's ridiculous. It's insulting to God. Is that terrible? It's insulting. Listen to this passage. Listen to this passage. Acts 17, 24. Since he is the Lord of heaven, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. 
From one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand that who, when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after him and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. We exist because God allows us to continue to exist daily. Not only is God not far, every day you wake up and your eyes go, and then you wipe whatever's in your eyes out and you start to get up from bed. That is God saying, I have given you another day. That's a gift. That is how intimate and intricate God is in our lives. And what we've got to stop doing is walking around like Christians, like God. And the biggest part of the problem is people are doing this from the political side. Where's God? I thought God was on our side. Where's this? I thought he was on this side. Hey, you know whose side God is on? God's. <laughs> no matter what you say to me, God's. Because even when the leader of Israel said, whose side are you on? The angel said, well, not yours. <laughs> it's like you guys got to get it, right? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about not treating God like we're deist or deist believers, but believing that what he says is faithful and true, and he's with us every moment, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. By the way, the answer to the trivia is the Gospel of John, and we come back, we'll do the verification of that information. That's how we'll leave it, just sitting right there. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here. On KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Are you sitting there at home on your computer? Are you driving along in your car just listening to the radio? Is that app for this station working for you? Don't you wish you could reach people for your business? Introducing the commercial whammy. It slices, it dices, it cleans up dirty spots, lickety split, and makes julienne fries. And right now, for a tremendous discount, you can have a commercial whammy too. All you need to do is call KAAM or send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and bam! You have your own commercial whammy before you know it. Call now and you can get a second commercial whammy for half the price. That's right. Call now for your very own commercial whammy. 972-445-1700 or email davidspoonmedia at gmail.com. Don't delay. Call today. Operators are standing by. My next guest has been on the show before with a prior book. I'm very excited to talk to him about this book. I've seen a couple of the interviews that he's done and this book is a great apologetic book on Christology, and I'm hoping that people will really enjoy this. First and foremost, let's welcome back to our show, David Lima. David, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent book, by the way. Big props for writing Thank The True you. Jesus. Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. I, I know they give me a list, and I know you know they give a list for us to ask questions, but uh, if you remember from the last time you were on the show, I, I rarely look at that list. <laughs> so just, no, that's good. Because yeah, I like to get from, from you as the author, you know, kind of where it was going and what you were thinking. So let's just talk about at the core level, you know, for the purpose of writing this book, what was the big goal you were trying to accomplish in writing The True Jesus? Well, I, I started out, I wanted to write a, a, a primer, a survey 
an introduction to the New Testament. And as I got into it, I realized that I could not cover it adequately with sufficient depth. So I asked the publisher regularly if I could narrow the focus to just the Gospels, uh, because the Gospels are where you see the living Son of God and you encounter him, uh, and you, you sit at his feet and, and hear his teachings and you watch him uh, and you observe his behavior and his authoritative teaching and his empathy for human beings, and you see his declaration of divinity uh, and why he, uh, he, he led the, the Jewish authorities to want to crucify him because he was, in fact, claiming to be God because he is God. And so I want his divinity and his full humanity to, to jump off the pages uh, in, of my book. And it, the book is a, is a compendium of the four Gospels in a consolidated account, not attempting to be a harmony, which uh, you can't totally do, uh, and in a roughly chronological form. The ultimate goal, and with, with a running commentary, the ultimate goal is I want people, I want to inspire people to read the Gospels and the Bible for themselves. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. little clarification on our last trivia question. The question was, which gospel, which gospel writer records the healing of the official son as the second miraculous sign Jesus did? In John chapter 4, verse 46, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. Remember, that's the first miracle. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Okay, so then it goes down and says, blah, 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 blah. He heals him. And then in verse 54, it says, again, this is the second sign Jesus did when he came out of Judea and Galilee. So there is your answer, the Gospel of John. So we're just making sure everybody knows we're not cheating. All right, here's your last trivia question going a completely different direction. I mean, completely different direction, just 100% different. What was the first of the plagues with which God punished Pharaoh? What was the first of the plagues? What was the first plague? That simple, okay? What was the first one? First one, okay? And don't say Dallas didn't play good or something like that. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, 972-445-0770. That'd be the number to call. 214-210-8483. That's the text. Uh, David at he must org. That would be the email that we uh, would operate by. <laughs> All right. I do have <clears throat> an announcement. Nothing major that I'm aware of. Uh, please check next week's schedule as we will be off on Friday for Christmas next week. And then we are also going to be off on, on Tuesday because we're being preempted by an SMU basketball game. So I'm just telling you ahead of time. Don't You don't have to worry. It's okay. It's good. It's all good. And uh, Don has been superbly gracious about all this material. So he tells me ahead of time what's going on. I know what's taking place. And, uh, and uh, we don't get charged for it. So that's by me. That's fair enough. Uh, <clears throat> but they do have a good relationship with SMU, and we want to keep that going. So uh, don't forget that stuff. And then last, on Monday, unless you guys really lobby some other direction, I'm going to be replacing Colossians, which we finished, with First Peter. Okay? Unless there's like, you know, 30 people that go, no, no, we 
want you know Philemon? Like I've never heard anybody ever say that in my entire life, but it could happen. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, the trivia question: What was the first plague with which God punished Pharaoh? That is the question. Very good job by Kurt, by the way, nailing it right off the bat. Good job. Uh, let us finish up on this deist thing. And I think it's important to understand why we're talking about it and where it's going. Uh, the deist people, uh, they're there. Don't don't kid yourself. In fact, technically, the, the, the Psalm 14.1, when it talks about the fool has said in his heart there is no God, kind of qualifies here because they believe even if God did create something, he abandoned and no revelation. They have no responsibility, no accountability. So it's a very close connection, which is funny because we did uh, Psalm 14.1 in the beginning of the show. The bottom line is they don't believe that they're, they believe that God created something, but they abandoned it and there was no revelation. And the problem is not them. The problem is when we act like them. That's the problem. The problem is when you and I believe that our circumstance is so overwhelming and that God is nowhere to be found. I'm just like, that's wrong. That's not the truth. Now, there's only one father of lies, and that is Satan. And Satan's entire premise, the first thing he ever did was to warp and twist God's word. That's all he wants. That's all he's trying to do. Just trying to change it. And when we do that, we fall under that kind of um, engagement. And when we fall under that engagement, we suffer consequences like Adam and Eve. And so the idea behind this is for us, for you and for me together to stand very firm and say, you know what? There could be a lot of problems. There could be a lot of issues. I don't really know what's going on, but I do know this, Lord, you're with me. He has made a commitment never to abandon us. I don't really need to read right now Romans uh, 8, uh, 37-39. Nothing's going to ever separate us from the love of Christ. It'll never happen. There's no way it's going to take place. Okay? Matthew 18, 19-20. I tell you this also. If two, two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you, for where two or three are gathered as my followers, I am there among them. It's not a coincidence that Jesus used the word earth. See, this is the kind of weird stuff. If you get into sci-fi a little bit, you really appreciate this. I tell you this. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth, what, why did you say here on earth? Are you not going to be here on earth? No, nope, he's not. He's going to be in heaven. Ah! then he's going to know what's going on. He's there amongst them. It's like there's as much connection as you need. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus told his disciples, I've, given, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I did a study on the word always, and it turned out to be always. Amazing. And we need to stop acting like God is departed during a circumstance. He's not far away. He's right there. In fact, it's actually the reverse. Revelation 3, 20 and 21. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. 
Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Jesus is the one knocking to get in. People are acting like God's disappeared. He's the one going, hey, hey, let me, hey, 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 I'm just trying to hang out with you. Who did he write that to? The church at Laodicea, to a church. He wrote that. Not to non-believers, to a church. And what we do is go the other way. And we think, uh, he's so far from me. And I was praying this morning. And I always do this. I, you know, when whenever I um whenever I feel like the I'm I'm not connected and that so there's something missing and you know, so I, I don't whine per se, but I I lobby the Lord to you know, let me be more aware of his presence. <laughs> Is that a nice way? That's a great political and Jewish way to say I complain. But anyway, so I love you, Lord, to, to be closer to his presence. And he reminds me of what he spoke to me in this studio, on this seat. I have the date. I have everything. I have it like, you know, it's not enshrined. But, and that's what the Lord said to me. I am with you more than you are with me. And there's just there's just no argument. There's nothing I can say. Of course he is. Haggai chapter 1. I am with you, says Lord. Of course he's with me more than I'm with him. He lives inside me. He's committed to me. And so instead of acting like these deist people, we need to act like we're Bible-believing, born-again Christians who have an incredibly blessed connection with our Heavenly Father— who's our dad, right? dad, through the wonderful, most precious blood of Jesus Christ, which makes us blood relatives, and as we all drink together of the same Holy Spirit. It's just like, gosh, that's so good. There's the, you, don't have to, you don't have to find the unity with Christians. You have to keep the unity. The Bible says keep it, which means it's already there. And the idea behind this is that we're united with one another and we're united with the Lord. He loves you. Does he like everything you do? No. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Does he like it when people hurt you? Hurt you? No. It hurt. It hurt. It's painful. But remember we talked about the other, I think it was on Monday, we talked about that he shares in that, uh, that Isaiah passage. He shares in our pain and in our process. He loves us. He's closely connected to us. Let's stop treating God like he's a billion miles away because our faith is bad or because our uh, perspective is warped or because we're acting like these deists who just can't figure out left from right, right? Let's stop doing that. Let's stop being in that way. Let's stop being foolish. Let's be, like, mature, okay? I want to pray. Actually, I want to pray for people real quickly, so just bear with me as we go through this, okay? I'm just trying to follow the Lord. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, and we thank you and we praise you that you do count the hairs on our head, that you do care about us so much, so intimately, so precious, so thoughtful you are of us, that you've allowed us to participate with you and want to spend eternity with us. And Lord, there's times where some of the trials we go through, it... it, it it produces in our sinful self, in our old nature, that sense of loneliness and that sense of maybe abandonment. And what we need is your healing in that. 
We need your truth. We need your presence. We need your anointing to help us break through those things that tie us down and those things that bind us. We can't do this by ourselves, Lord. We can't do this walk without you. We don't know how. We just, we, we can't. We need you. We need you to be with us every step of the way. Sometimes, Lord, we, we lag behind you, and sometimes we run up ahead of you. And all the time, you just want us to walk with you side by side and hold in our hand to help us. Help us to be smarter than the fools who don't consider you or take thought of you in their existence. That you give us every breath and you measure every day and you have our lives in the palm of your hands. Help us to trust you. Help us to believe in you and help us to love you better than we do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Use that. Hopefully that will help you, encourage you, and strengthen you. Uh, trivia, water into blood was the first plague, folks. Water into blood in the Nile River. All right, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.